0: You're listening to the Counterculture Christian Podcast with Thomas Hill. What's up, guys? It's Thomas. I'm coming to you today from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, We're in a temporary studio here over break while we get ready to head back to Liberty University for the fall. Hope everyone's having a happy Monday. Yeah, so today this is just going to be an introductory episode, just talking about what this podcast is, who I am, really. Why why am I doing this? Why am I starting a podcast about counterculture Christian? You know, what does that mean? What does it mean to be a counterculture Christian? Why is the podcast saying that? We're going to get into all of that and more today. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's dive in. So first, just a little bit about me. My name is Thomas Help. I'm 19 years old and I am studying elementary education and interdisciplinary studies with a focus in journalism, government, and theology at Liberty University. Um... Some of my interests, I'm into a lot of like nerdy things. I love to read, love to write into Star Wars, Marvel, Harry Potter, you name it. Pretty much, if it's a nerdy thing, probably into it. Unless it's anime, not really into anime. Just not my thing. It's okay. Um, I'm also very involved in activism and politics. Love the news. Love watching the news. Love talking politics with people, and really involved with pro life activism. Um, as I'll get to a little later, I do think abortion is the greatest human rights crisis and the greatest spiritual crisis of our time right now. So heavily involved with activism there. And then I'm also really interested and passionate about theology. This is something new I've been getting into as I've been growing along in my faith, growing in my walk as a Christian. So just really getting interested in theology and what is what does that look like and where does my theology and all of that. So, oh, I'm also a swimmer. I swim for the Liberty University men's swim team. You know, I've been swimming since I was like twelve. So this, you know, a lot of stuff like that. Um, really into that. So next, we're just going to kind of get into what is the podcast? What is this all about? What are what am I doing with this podcast? So the first thing is counterculture Christian. That's our name. That's what the mission of this podcast is: is to present a counterculture Christian worldview. And so it's going to be a cultural commentary podcast. Now, what is culture? commentary mean? Well, the definition of culture is the arts, beliefs, customs, institutions, and other products of human work and thought considered as a unit, especially with regard to a particular time or social group. So our modern culture here in America and in the West as a whole encompasses movies, music, art, politics, religion, literature, pop culture, sports, society, education, etc. It really encompasses everything, everything about our society, everything that makes our culture, our culture. And so that's really what we're going to be talking about. I want to talk about all of it and really engage with all these things from a biblical worldview. We see that while there is a lot of Christian podcasts addressing one of these niche areas, or one of the things, a lot of them, number one, don't come from a truly biblical worldview. And we'll talk about what that is here in a minute. But also, they really just don't, they don't talk about everything right we see we tend to take our christian faith and and move it into almost like a private sphere of our life so when we're engaging with something we're engaging with it from a christian point of view but only in our private life and we don't share those things and really walking with christ is part of who we are so it's something that it's not exactly something that you can compartmentalize into different things and so it's a christian biblical worldview and that really means that whenever we engage with something, whatever aspect of culture it is, we need to take our biblical worldview and our Christian faith into that. And so that's what we're going to be talking a little bit about. So what exactly is then a biblical worldview? Um, the Barna Research Group, which is a Christian research group they run by Dr. George Barna. They do a lot of research into what Christians believe about different things. They define biblical worldview as believing that the absolute moral truth exists that the Bible is totally accurate in all of the principles it teaches, that Satan is considered to be a real being or force, not merely symbolic, that a person cannot earn their way into heaven by trying to be good or do good works, that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life on earth, and that God is the all-knowing, all-powerful creator of the universe who still rules the universe today. Renew Org also had an article about what it means to have a biblical worldview. And they said that fundamentally it answers eight questions. Where do we come from? We are created by God. Who are we? We are the creatures God made in his image. What is our purpose? God created us to know and follow him as we fill the earth and reign over it as the managers he has put in charge. What is our core problem as humanity? That we fall short of God's glory because we pridefully resist his authority as a threat to our well-being. How is this problem solved? We turn from our self-centered ways and trust and give our allegiance to Jesus the Messiah as our Savior, Lord, and King, and He forgives us, fills us with His Spirit, and restores us to our original image. How should we live? We should live according to the way of Jesus the Messiah, which can be summarized as loving God and loving people. What happens when we die? We are either with the Lord or apart from him for eternity, based on our relationship with Jesus through faith in him and his gospel. So these are kind of the fundamental things that make up a biblical worldview. So on this podcast, you'll hear me talk about a biblical worldview a lot. And that's what that means when I'm talking about that, as I'm referring back to these kind of core principles, these core questions that really shape Orthodox Christianity, which encompasses you know everything from Catholicism, Protestantism, Orthodox, it it encompasses all of that is Orthodox Christianity, meaning it falls within the realms of what is considered true biblical Christianity. So unfortunately, with regards to biblical worldview, research from 2021 has found that only 6% of American adults and 9% of Christian identifying adults hold a biblical worldview. And that's from Barna. So that was that first definition of biblical worldview we gave. They found that Only 6% of American adults as a whole have a biblical worldview, which is concerning, but I guess not necessarily surprising considering the culture that we live in. But the fact that only 9% of Christian-identifying adults hold a biblical worldview really is shocking, and that should tell us something, because this means that the majority of professing Christians are engaging with culture based off of frameworks and worldviews that are best syncretic, which means that they're taking... Parts of Christianity, parts of other worldviews and religious beliefs and kind of merging them together. Um, And at worst, completely opposed to a biblical worldview. And this could be, you know, another religion like Islam or Judaism. It could just be deism or New Age spiritualism, nihilism, moral relativism, nationalism, consumerism, individualism, etc. And so what we see is a lot of people that profess to be Christian don't hold to a biblical worldview. Instead, they're holding to some Christian principles and merging in some of these things like nationalism, individualism, consumerism, moral relativism, or they're simply holding to one of those worldviews entirely, but calling themselves Christian because they like some of the principles that Jesus put forth. Unfortunately, this doesn't really line up with what Christians are called to do. As we follow Christ and we try to walk in what he does, we're called to an exclusive and comprehensive way of life. And that means that being a Christian encompasses more than just going to church on a Sunday morning for an hour. Being a Christian is really about following in the way and the steps of Christ in everything that you do. We've accepted him as our Savior, that we are broken sinners, and that we need him for salvation. And then after that, we've accepted him as our Lord and King, which means we accept him as Lord of our life and King of all. So we recognize that Christ has authority over our lives and how we live, and he has authority over the world and how the world should look and how that should be. Now, we're not called to create a theocracy, to force these beliefs on others. However, we are called to live out that worldview. We're following Christ with our entire being, meaning that when we are doing anything, engaging with any aspect of culture, like what we talked about earlier, we are doing so from a place of a biblical worldview and evaluating how Jesus and how his teachings and how the teachings of the Bible really inform us to engage with all these different aspects. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians simply pick and choose Bible verses. They pick different things. They don't hold to an entirely biblical worldview. Again, only 9% of Christian identifying adults do. And so really what that means is people are engaging with culture. Christian Professing Christians are engaging with culture from a place that does not align with scripture and does not align with following christ and so if we follow christ we're called to follow him with our entire being and second corinthians 10 three through five says for though we live in the world we do not wage wars the world does the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary they have divine power to demolish strongholds we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets it Self up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So really, when we look at scripture, this is telling us here in 2 Corinthians that it is about our whole world. When we walk into the world, we are fighting spiritual forces in all aspects of culture, and we're fighting with the life and the teachings and the values of Christ. And when we come against arguments and pretensions and things that Other worldviews that seem to contend with Christ were not called to kind of accept those, to brush them off. We're called actually to challenge them and not to incorporate them into our Christian belief because they're a popular thing at the time, but really to stand firm in that biblical worldview. If we're submitting to Christ not just as our Savior, but as King of all and Lord of our entire life, we submit to having a distinct biblical worldview shaped by that submission shaped by that obedience to what Christ teaches. In every aspect of culture we engage in, we must carry this worldview and apply it. And that's the goal of this podcast. And that's really when I'm talking about counterculture Christian, when I'm talking about engaging with all aspects of culture as cultural commentary, we're talking about engaging with each and every aspect of modern culture from a biblical worldview. And I really want to christians particularly gen z christians to do the same and so this podcast really is targeted at generation z which has been bombarded by what c.s lewis called christianity and water which he says is the view that simply says there is a good god in heaven and everything is all right leaving out all the difficult and terrible doctrines about sin and hell and the devil and the redemption and gen z is bombarded with this cultural individualistic consumerist Weak Christianity, especially in the Western world and especially in America. Previous generations approach Gen Z as if we cannot understand or engage with the rich and complex Christian life and fail to develop within Gen Z Christians a true biblical worldview. Instead, they give us little bits and pieces, right? When you hear people preaching to Gen Z, it's about the goodness of God and, and the healing of Jesus and all these things which are true. They're true and good things. However, we see this Christianity in water. It's a really simplified, dumbed-down version when while the core gospel is simple, you know, Christian life is complex and it's rich and it has a rich history uh, and, and a rich tradition of things that we get to step into as a Christian and engage with. I mean, the church has been an incredibly important institution throughout all of our cultural history. And so getting to engage with that as Christians and getting to continue that legacy is something that we should be stepping into, not giving people this idea that Christianity is this one-hour service where you go and you hear about God and you hear about Jesus and you have this kind of vague spiritual relationship with him that's personal, but it doesn't really call you to do much, and and that's something that we have to reject. And I think that Gen Z is really hungry for Jesus. We see the highest rates of depression anxiety mental health issues that we've ever seen this is because we live in now in the west especially in a very godless and a very christless culture even even within the realm of everything you know we see a christless media we see christless politics we see christless entertainment we see christless movies and literature and when we see ourselves being removed from christ of course there's going to be an identity crisis with gen z of course there's going to be an issue where there are these high rates of mental health issues because they're simply not able to engage with their creator, because they're not being sold true, real engagement with their creator. They're not being taught the gospel. They're being preached this kind of idea that Jesus is maybe just a great teacher or this idea that he's just this good role model or... Even the idea that yes, he's your savior, but what that means is you just go to church on Sunday and he'll hear an uplifting message and that's it. And that's really not what Christianity is or what it has ever been. And so Gen Z is hungry for Jesus, the real and true person of Jesus, and the true and real Christianity that is both a personal relationship with Jesus and a religion with a rich history and theology. And this is a religion and a relationship that offers a countercultural life distinct from the world. Yet we as the church fail for the most part to offer this countercultural Christianity, this true and real Christianity, this relationship with Jesus and this system of religion that kind of come together to create Christianity, which is unique among every religion in the world because it has the personal God and it has this rich tradition and it comes together to create this belief system, this worldview and this way of life where we get to relate to our creator, to our savior and have a personal relationship, but also engage in a community with other people that do. And so we're failing as the church to offer this countercultural Christianity to Gen Z. And that's where the name of the podcast comes in. So, where the name comes from is that I am a Gen Z Christian seeking to develop and grow a c- Christian counterculture in modern America, which can only happen if the church chooses to engage actively with culture and create our own response to the depraved and godless culture of today. And this isn't the escapism of uber-fundamentalist Christianity, nor is it the assimilation to culture of progressive Christianity. It's not a total rejection of society like we've seen in in some past generations with fundamentalists where they seek to escape and live in a bubble and kind of hide out from culture and just create everything that's their own and, and really just abstain from participating in culture at all. But nor is it the total acceptance of it that we see in our progressive Christianity, which is We are going to take everything from the culture and just fuse it with Christian ideas and make it all work together. And anything that maybe contradicts that in the Bible or whatever, we're going to throw out. Well, you see the opposite in fundamentalist Christianity, where everything in the Bible becomes of utmost importance, every rule and every law. Not that it's not of utmost importance, but, you know, there's a difference between personal convictions. Fundamentalism is a lot of times where you see women must wear a certain length of skirt, Um, They can't cut their hair, those types of things. You can't ever drink alcohol. And there are plenty of good, faithful Christians who follow those personal convictions. But we see kind of a legalism on the other side where everything from the world is bad. And then we see progressive Christianity, everything from the world is good. And so instead, this true counterculture of Christianity celebrates the good, the true, and the beautiful in modern culture and cultivates a Christian counterculture teeming with the best of God's creation. So not everything that Christians enjoy or participate in with culture has to be something with a distinctly shoved down your throat Christian message. We do want to create and consume things that contribute to Christian values and principles, but we can recognize the beauty in art that, and music and literature, and and you know even if you want to get into economic policy and political policy and sports culture and all these things. And pop culture, we can, we can engage with the good, true, and beautiful parts of these things and recognize them because God created them. And God said that his creation was good. And so when we're cultivating a Christian counterculture, what we want to do is teach people how to engage with those things, take away the best of them, and then also to create our own Christian content that's not necessarily a straight-up, preachy, in-your-face, really obvious message hidden in a movie or a book or whatever, but instead we really want to create things that are just built on Christian principles and foundations, but don't necessarily have to be shove it down your throat. And so this Christian counterculture is teeming with the best of God's creation from both secular culture and from Christian culture, and we're taking all of it and we're creating this beautiful, blossoming counterculture. Jerry Falwell who's the founder of Liberty University said if it's Christian it ought to be better and that's really what the Christian counterculture should exemplify to the world it should really be a witness that within the church there's this odd Christian counterculture going on this this thing where their values and their morals and the things they create are good and beautiful and true and the things they say are good and beautiful and true and it and it will it will create this witness this counterculture that there's something different going on in the church and that's a powerful light to shine into such a dark world. On his podcast Steve Dace often says that it is revival or bust to save western civilization and to save America and he's right about this but this revival can't come through simply being preaching everything that we do nor in secluding ourselves nor in assimilating to culture right. This revival can only come through a church that is unafraid to cultivate a biblical worldview, engage with culture, and build a Christian counterculture. The church must be an unapologetic witness to the world of what it means to live for Christ. And so that's the heart of this podcast. And that's kind of where our name comes from. That's what I mean when I'm talking about biblical worldview, when I'm talking about cultural commentary, types of things we're going to engage in. We're going to engage with everything. Because I really want to equip Christians, specifically Gen Z Christians, to be able to engage with culture. Because that's incredibly important. It's incredibly important that we understand how to engage with all aspects of culture. Not just politics, not just sports, not just art and music or literature, but all of it. We have to be able to engage with all of it. And so what is this podcast going to look like? So some episodes are just going to be me solo like this one. I might be responding to a current event um talking about a particular topic or issue you know kind of giving my thoughts on it and what i think the bible has to say about it what i think a biblical worldview has to say about it or it could just be even me reviewing maybe a movie or a book or music and and talking about what i think about those things and how we can take some of the good from that and and engage with christian worldview um but many episodes will also be interviews because my goal is to platform members of gen z who are engaging and work that helps to build a Christian counterculture, as well as members of older generations who we can learn from, and we can really take lessons from and take the wisdom from. Um, I also plan to talk to guests who may not be distinctively Christian, or align with a biblical worldview, to challenge our own biases and viewpoints, to talk about common ground, and to clarify the importance of existing alongside those who do not share our convictions or our faith, because there is a level to which It's important that we're able to relate and to love people that don't share all the same views that we do. And it's also true that just like secular culture can offer some things that are good and true and beautiful, people who are not Christians also have valuable ideas and insight to offer that can contribute to the Christian life, that we can kind of take those principles from them and bring them into the Christian counterculture that we're building. The things that they do and say that align with the biblical worldview we can pull those into this Christian counterculture to make it stronger and really to build it even more. And sometimes it's just good to challenge your own biases and and viewpoints, you know, you know, it's good to challenge those things to see if they hold up and, and what is what I'm really saying holding up to biblical scrutiny is what I'm really saying holding up to logical scrutiny. You know, it are the things that I'm doing and saying really good and true and beautiful. And so we always want to do that. We always want to make sure we're challenging the positions we hold about things and doing those things. And listening to those things and challenging them doesn't mean always being open to changing your mind, but it means being open to hearing why other people believe the things that they do and trying to seek to understand people. Because the more we understand other people, the better we can love them, the better we can show them the love of Christ and And the better we can testify and witness to them about what Christ has done in our lives. So there will be dominant themes on this podcast. This podcast is obviously driven by a lot of my passions because I'm the one making it. And so there are going to be some dominant themes that drive the issues and topics that I discuss and the guests that I have on. Although I really do want feedback about what you guys want to hear and who you want me to talk to because Again, this podcast may be driven a lot by my passions, but I, I want it to be something that Christians can use as a tool to equip them and their friends and family to engage from a biblical worldview with the culture. And so, you know, I really do want to hear feedback from you guys. What do you want to hear me talk about? Who do you want me to talk to? Um, Yeah, so... Some of the dominant themes in terms of like issues, topics I'm going to talk about. Abortion will be number one. I really believe deeply and strongly, and I've been deeply convicted about this, that abortion is the number one human rights crisis in the world right now and the number one spiritual crisis in the world right now. It's It parallels what we see happen in the Old Testament where people are sacrificing their children to Moloch. Abortion really is a modern form of child sacrifice on the altar of the self, a, a sacrifice to the God of the self, and by extension, of course, to, to Satan. Because what happens in abortion is women are often victims of an industry that manipulates them, that coerces them, and, and makes them believe that to preserve themselves and preserve the life that they want, they need to get an abortion, they need to take the life of their child, or they need to have someone else take the life of their child. And that's simply not true. We know that that's not true. We know that there are resources out there for these women to keep these children and to do that. We also know that abortion is murder. It is the direct taking of an innocent human life. And as Christians, it is incredibly important that we are clear and direct about this because it's it's a spiritual issue. It comes back to all the way to a Genesis 1 issue that God created us in the image of God from the moment of conception all the way up to the moment of death and those who are created in the image of God we have to love that means we have to love these pre-born babies and we have to love the moms and so as Christians we really have to engage with this issue I think and I think it's one of the most fundamental issues that comes along with having a biblical worldview that you're going to feel compelled to engage with and culture with and so I'll really want to have a lot of guests on to talk about abortion, to talk about why it's such a critical issue. I'm sure I'll share my thoughts on abortion many times about why it's so important that we take a stand against this. Being an education major, I'm also going to talk a lot about education. I see a lot of flaws within our education system. I also see a lot of positives, and I do kind of live in that world a lot of the time, being an education major. And so of course, I'm going to talk a lot about education. For me, education is so important as Christians because on a society societal level, you know, its two main purposes are to teach literacy and to preserve democracy. Education teaches us literacy. We equip children to read and give them the ability then to teach themselves. specifically, the ability, you know, as Christians, we want kids to be literate because we want them to be able to read the Bible, to understand God's word, to engage with that and to find the beauty in that, and so literacy, but also to preserve democracy, to make sure that we live in a country, in a nation, with well-educated citizens who have good virtues and good morals, and the education system really has, has fallen from teaching those civic virtues, those morals that were based historically, in America especially, on a Christian biblical worldview. And so I do think education is incredibly important. And I think it's one of the biggest mission fields that are out there for Christians right now to go in as teachers and just to try and make sure that, you know, we're creating an environment where our kids are growing up with an education that teaches them who, ha, how to be good followers of Christ. And, you know, especially in the public education system, that can't be explicit, but there are definitely moral principles and moral virtues that we can draw from a biblical worldview that we can teach kids and we can exemplify those in the way that classrooms are run, in the way that certain things are taught. We can exemplify those things and really ensure that these kids have a foundation and and kind of point them to Christ without ever using his name just in the way that we're teaching them to live their lives because ultimately the way that we as Christians live our lives is dictated by the way Christ lived his life and what he commands us to do with ours. Um, I'm also very passionate about the family the family is so important, it is the cornerstone of society. It is the first institution that God created was marriage between Adam and Eve, and from that comes the family. So I'm very passionate about you know the rights of children to have a mother and a father, the the necessity of maintaining the biblical and, and real definition of marriage as God defines it, and also it's so important to me, to understand, you know, these these gender and sexuality issues that, that are influencing our kids, you know, again, another Genesis 1 issue is that God created us male and female distinctly in his image, and they're created, and we're created like that from the moment of conception, and it's a beautiful thing, and so really engaging with these types of, these types of issues are important to me. Other things that I'll probably talk a lot about include literature. I really love reading. I love writing. And so I really want to use this as an opportunity to introduce you guys to literature, classic literature, contemporary literature, things that I think really Christians should engage with, should be reading, should be processing, and then to review things that are coming out and to talk about the state of literature today and how Christians can contribute to that. There's a lot of organizations out there that are really trying to influence literature from a christian perspective and so i want to engage with that i'll also engage with nerdy culture i follow a great guy on instagram called the nerdy christian who does a lot of this type of content where he is engaging with kind of nerd culture from a christian perspective and i really think that that is phenomenal and i think that's important because we see that within these these like fandoms and things of things like star wars marvel harry potter Lord of the Rings we see that a lot of it devolves into kind of in some ways idolatry of these things in other ways we see that they become places uh, where societal outcasts tend to go you know that's kind of my background is before I came to know Christ I felt a little socially outcast I felt like I didn't fit in with people and so I kind of acclimated to this culture that's this culture that is very accepting of of all different types of people and all different types of things. And you're just coming together, celebrating things that you love. And so I really want to engage with those things. It's important that Christians know how to engage in those spaces and to engage with that type of content that's coming out and being created. You know, When we go to see the new Marvel movie, what should we as Christians be thinking about and what can we take from those things? Because there's good, true, and beautiful aspects of those types of nerdy pop culture things there's also things that are that are negative that we have to stand against. And so I really think that's an area where Christians can engage in and where I will probably do a lot of engaging in. Same thing with TV shows and movies. I love watching a good TV show, lots of sitcoms, lots of kind of superhero shows, those types of fantasy shows, those types of things. Same thing with movies. I love comedies. I love action movies. I love all types of things. And so kind of engaging with those, looking at those as they're coming out, and then, you know, what can we take from these things? What lessons can we as Christians take from that? How can we create films that respond to that? How can we create TV shows that respond to that and and build this Christian counterculture? And what can we celebrate and what can we not? So I really think that will be phenomenal to engage with. In terms of, like, a theological faith perspective, I have recently gotten really into theology. I'm really interested in theology, where do our beliefs come from, what do they mean, you know, why do we believe the things that we believe, and, and how do we study those, because theology is the study of God, and so we are systematizing these different things that we believe, these different areas, of, you know, what are our beliefs about salvation, and sin, and how the church should be run, and creation and all these things and so that's really a passion of mine so i would love to get into some theology discussions on here um i'm also very ecumenical in terms of my approach so what that means is i believe in cooperation and friendliness between all christian denominations and traditions that hold to the same views and so i think we really are united as one church and this to me is everyone who holds to the original creeds of Christianity that holds to what the Bible says. So this can include, you know, many, many Catholics, many, many members of the Orthodox churches, and many, many members of all of the different Protestant denominations and traditions, whether that's Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Anglican, um, Lutheran, Pentecostal. I think that there is a lot of value in celebrating the differences, and the quote always sticks out to me that Christians should have unity and essentials, liberty and non-essentials, and in all things, charity. And that's really the approach that I'm driven by, is that we have Christian brothers and sisters in all these denominations and traditions. And we're made stronger as the church when we cooperate together, rather than competing with one another and arguing. Not that there can't be good faith arguments. I love a good faith debate about Calvinism and Arminianism, or whether women should be pastors, or what sanctification means. You know, I'm all down for a good debate, a good discussion about those things. But again, it has to be rooted. It has to be rooted in a place of understanding that these are good faith disagreements between Christian brothers and sisters in Christ. And you know, how we approach these things is important. Now, there are those things that are fundamentals. Again, That that determine what groups, what people are actually Christians, and so you go to different groups like Jehovah's Witness or Mormonism or Unitarian Universalist. You know, they stray from Orthodox Christianity. They escape that biblical worldview, and they don't truly hold to the teachings of of the Bible. They don't hold to the to the message of the gospel. They don't hold to what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, and so you know, I'm not going to engage with those on the same level or in the same spirit that I am with people who are within the Christian tradition. And so that's my heart is this type of ecumenicism. And so I really want to have people on. I have a lot of friends that are Catholic or Orthodox or different Protestant denominations and really just to foster that spirit of we may have these very important and critical differences. However, that doesn't stop us from being united as the one church of Jesus Christ and being united as brothers and sisters. And then the other thing is, in the spirit of just being honest, I'll share where my theological viewpoints and my tradition comes from. I am a member of the Wesleyan Church, and that means that my theology is very shaped by Wesleyanism, and kind of that tradition of Methodism, and and John Wesley and his beliefs so... Everything that comes along with that. So that's kind of where my viewpoints come from is that. So that'll probably also be a dominant theme. That means, you know, I care a lot about holiness, both social holiness and personal holiness. And I, I do believe that's very important. There's a lot of emphasis put on that. Christian living, which is probably part of why I started this podcast. You know, part of what drove me to start this is that we need to have this Christian counterculture. And that's something that I think that John Wesley really emphasized in his teachings. And so that's where I align with most theologically. And, again, I disagree in good faith on many topics of theology with plenty of brothers and sisters in Christ. But, you know, I want to have a lot of those people on here really have those hard conversations and really dive into these issues. Um, Yeah, so as, as like, our closing thoughts, the things that I want to close with, I really would like just to let you guys know where you can... Follow us where you can get in contact with us, all those types of things. So that that's going to be it for this first episode. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. We really, you know, it really helps us if you can leave reviews, if you can share with friends. So really do that, you know. Um, I would also say share this with your friends, share it with your family. Help us to grow, help me to grow this podcast, to grow this message and to grow my audience. You can follow us on Instagram at counterculture Christian all one word all lowercase. Love to have you follow us there. We'll be putting up content, snippets from the podcast, maybe some reels, some posts with my thoughts on different things. Um and you can contact us if you have any thoughts, any comments, feedback, whatever. And we'll go through that or try to go through that, you know, maybe once every couple weeks go through the feedback share it here on the podcast and I'll always try to respond to you you can send us a message on our Instagram account at counterculture christian, or you can email me at thomasmhill04 at gmail.com you can reach me there you can also follow my personal Instagram thomas.hill04 and just keep up with what I'm doing in my life the types of things that I'm up to, but yeah, love to have you follow us there. Love to have your feedback. Love to have your comments, questions, concerns. That's really important to me to have. Um, and then I'm going to close the podcast with Bible verse. I'm going to close with the, every episode with this. Um, it's really one of my favorite verses. It's a verse to me of encouragement and it encapsulates what I want this podcast to be and what I think this Christian counterculture should be. And that's John 1, five. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. So that's John 1, 5, everybody. Um, That's it, and we will see you next time.